It's August 8, 2022. And this is the Watson Weekly, your essential e-commerce digest. Today on our show, Amazon Q2 earnings beat revenue and reaffirm full-year guidance. PayPal being targeted by activist investor Elliott Management. Shopify invests $100 million in email marketing provider Klaviyo. Amazon Today offers same-day shipping from retailers boosting Prime. And finally, the Investor Minute, which contains five items this week from the world of venture capital, acquisitions, and IPOs. But first, in our shopping cart full of news. Amazon Q2 earnings beat revenue in reaffirmed full-year guidance. It's great to have a cloud division. In the last two weeks, Amazon released its Q2 2022 earnings, and let me tell you, financial analysts loved it. Most of this is that their cloud division seems to be re-accelerating, and as well as the fact that they seem to be on a good path for cost reduction by making their logistic network more efficient and more slowly ramping up their real estate and other commitments. Here are a few things I noticed on the call. Amazon's net sales improved 10% year-over-year to $121 billion. Its AWS division alone has a $79 billion annual run rate in sales, now with $5.7 billion operating income in Q2. While the company's net loss was $2 billion in Q2, this was primarily due to a $3.9 billion Rivian pre-tax valuation loss. Amazon would have been massively profitable this quarter if not for Rivian. This is why everyone is so excited about Amazon. That plus they're still growing. To the winner go the spoils. It's very clear that Amazon's customers do not view Amazon purchases as discretionary. Amazon owns the convenience-oriented consumer, and this is to their benefit. Third-party marketplace sellers' units were at 57% or the highest ever. Management on the call was asked about how it's trying to improve the 3P mix and responded that we don't try to improve it. We don't care if 1P or 3P wins. It's just happening. To make sure that people understand this point, management really reiterated that 3P is for selection, 1P is more for price competition, and Prime is about convenience. If you put them all together, you have a flywheel, folks. Get it out of your head that 3P is there to make Amazon price competitive. Third-party sellers are about wide selection and availability of uneven inventory in categories with supply that is not concentrated. The company showed strong advertising growth as well with 22% year-over-year growth. The Amazon advertising network is highly efficient and Amazon customers have their credit cards out ready to make purchases, company said. You might compare them to something like Pinterest, who is in the opposite situation and has a problem monetizing their traffic. Amazon has made quarter-over-quarter delivery speed improvements and it in stock is at an all-time high this year. Speaking personally for a moment, this actually matches my experience in New York City 100%. Amazon delivery to Manhattan is on fire right now. Amazon's 2022 capital investments include 50% on AWS, up from 40% the previous year, and slightly lower fulfillment and logistics investments this year. Buy with Prime is now invite-only and for FBA sellers. It will expand throughout the year. Amazon management said that they have a history of empowering and helping merchants. Let me just pause for a second there. I feel like Iceman in the first Top Gun after Maverick just described his inverted MIG maneuver. (laughs) Bullshit! Of course, it's true that Amazon helps millions of businesses, but they also have a history of competing with their sellers and not really caring about the businesses either and offering many fraudulent, illegal, spoiled, or unsafe products to consumers with very little liability on their side. Of course, moving on. 
I left this earnings call feeling this is the kind of quarter that Andy Jassy needed after the disappointing previous quarter, slowing economy, and overly optimistic projections which led to fulfillment expansion. Mid-quarter, Amazon made it clear they had a read on how to defer or delay costs, and it seems like they were just fine. Looks like they were right to me. Our second story. PayPal being targeted by activist investor Elliott Management. If you're wondering what an activist investor is, it's just like a regular investor except the goal is to generally make major shifts at a company by acquiring a significant stake in it and advocating for board seats. If there's one thing I've noticed over the past years, it's that if Elliott Management targets you, something big is likely going to happen. For example, the existing management makes changes and sometimes replaces board members in response to the activity. It's with this lens that I analyze PayPal being accumulated by Elliott Management. The Wall Street Journal has reported that Elliott now has a sizable stake in PayPal, which has recently valued approximately $89 billion, down from its previous pandemic peak of $350 billion. In addition to being off its stock highs, the company lowered its 2022 growth targets in a similar manner to a lot of tech companies this year. The rumors being reported by Bloomberg indicate that Elliott Management is trying to get the company to accelerate its cost-cutting, which has included layoffs and offices closing. The bigger issue, of course, is not cost-cutting, but growth. PayPal CEO Jan Schulman recently reported that 30% of the customers make up 80% of its revenue. Those highly active customers seem like the quickest way to accelerate the company's revenue growth. In other somewhat related news, it is interesting that Elliott Management is acquiring shares in PayPal when it also has another interesting holding that has been rumored to be a PayPal acquisition in the past, Pinterest. Our third story. Shopify invests $100 million in Klaviyo and continues investing in its ecosystem. Shopify continues to show that it doesn't care about cries of fair play in its ecosystem by taking a $100 million investment in email and marketing automation provider Klaviyo. Overall, that sentiment seems to be right. Investment attracts VCs. VCs fund new apps on top of Shopify, which are adopted by merchants then, and the cycle continues. Getting a Shopify investment also clearly offsets the large percentage fees that Shopify collects from its ecosystem partners. You might even consider these investments a credit against those fees rather than a true investment. I think that this point is important because as your revenue gets into the tens of millions, that Shopify cut gets larger and larger as an absolute number. The big question I have with this partnership is why now? Really, why now? I think likely Clavio wanted this implicit Shopify endorsement ahead of a potential IPO in the future with the hopes that it would further turbocharge its growth. The second thing I would love to know is what these apps need to give up in exchange for such an investment and endorsement. I'm sure it's designed to create some degree of dependence for, and even lock-in, for some of Shopify's important partners. Shopify is then likely able to ensure that those ecosystem players don't send their best customers to other platforms without knowing that Luca Brasi from The Godfather is waiting to whack them. Of course, apps like Clavio are often not successful because of a Shopify investment. Instead, it's the opposite. Shopify finds growing apps on its ecosystem to bring into the fold. Clavio has been doing great for a while. It also keeps getting a lot more expensive for merchants too. One thing surprised me a little about the Clavio release, which is repeated throughout the Clavio website. It defines itself as the recommended email provider for Shopify Plus. It most surprised me because if you scour the Shopify website and the statements from Shopify Exists, you do not see this language anywhere. Certainly not in terms of what Clavio means for it to say. In other words, the official email partner of Shopify Plus. 
Now, of course, any investment is an endorsement, and that's easy to admit. I was at Channel Advisor back in 2002 when eBay invested in Channel Advisor. Regardless of whether eBay told everyone that it recommended Channel Advisor, we use that endorsement in investor and customer presentations to benefit from the fact that the eBay has a halo effect, given that Channel Advisor was one of the most popular providers in the eBay software market at the time. Having eBay's investment simply made sales conversations that much easier. That said, for Clavio to say it's the recommended partner versus just a recommended partner feels a little bit like sales puffery happening here. When Shopify invested in Sanity, did they become the recommended content management system for Shopify? It did not. We'll have to see if there are other vendors that have received Shopify investments start doing this and if Shopify polices it. The bigger worry for Shopify is the fact that these investments have had it on its balance sheet. Shopify showed about a billion dollar loss in Q2 from its investments and over $2 billion over the entire year. It's entirely possible this could turn around, but investors might also appreciate Shopify spinning out its investment arm into a more independent entity to keep its entire balance sheet clean. And our last story. Amazon Today offers same-day shipping from retailers boosting Prime. Amazon surprised us by announcing a new offering last week with brands like PacSun and Superdry, which allows Amazon to pick up items from brands, retailers, and malls to deliver same day to a buyer's home. Here are some facts about the offering. There's a $25 minimum for free delivery from Prime, and it can be found in the Amazon app in an area called Amazon Today. If the purchase is less than $25, then the charge is $2.99 for the consumer. The launch supports 10 cities and zip codes, although this will be expanding throughout the year. The delivery is done by Amazon Flex gig workers rather than its Amazon delivery service partners, which are franchisees. This makes sense because they aren't delivering entire routes. It's more of a one parcel at a time operation. In order to participate, the retailer must have an inventory management system and the business must be in a mall or shopping center or other commercial complex in one of the qualifying geographies. This is in contrast to the typical gig worker model pioneered by companies like Instacart which use AI and other methods to predict what's in stock. I think that that method would be much less efficient and less accurate for Amazon, particularly for long-tail categories like apparel. How would they ever know it was on the rack? Here are a few of my comments on the program. First, I would love to see a deeper dive on the economics of the program. It costs quite a bit of money for a gig worker to deliver in the last mile, much more than $2.99, which is the minimum. I would love to see the retailer's economics on these transactions. I am expecting Amazon to treat these orders something like third-party seller transactions, which would be subject to Amazon's traditional fee structure. As a result, the retailer is basically subsidizing this free shipping to some extent, but unless the price point is very high, Dilk would not cover the cost in this last mile delivery, which would be over $20 in some cases. This can change based on volume. Second, I think the fact that the items in this program are included in Prime is very interesting and unexpected. Amazon is taking a page from the playbook of Zalando in Europe and JD in China. Zalando has a program called Connected Retailer, which essentially allows pickup in stores or delivery from stores for purchases made through the Zalando app. So Amazon is copying a known playbook here. This is not an Amazon invention. Of course, you've heard me talk in this program about Amazon's new Buy With Prime program, which allows Amazon store merchants to offer the Prime promise on their product pages. This new Amazon Today program shows us that Amazon is really thinking hard about how to accelerate and leverage its crown jewel or prime in other areas of retail. And finally, some might interpret this as Amazon coming to the rescue of U.S. shopping malls, which have struggled in the past few years. I think nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, 
What Amazon is effectively doing is trying to gain a foothold into the struggling malls with the eventual aim to turn them into subsidized fulfillment centers. It's that time, friends, for our Investor Minute. We have five items on the menu today. First, supply chain software Supply Pike raised $25 million in Series B funding so it can target CPG brands. Supply Pike is one of a number of firms in the supply chain visibility space that is working to codify these tremendous number of rules that retailers place on their suppliers. Second, social commerce marketplace platform Flip raised $60 million. The company claims to be the first social commerce marketplace platform that allows consumers to introduce a brand through a 60-minute video and then allow a purchase. Third, retail e-commerce management platform Commerce IQ acquired digital shelf analytics company's eDot Fundamentals. eDot Fundamentals is based in the UK and was designed to answer one question above all else. If you're a CPG brand, how are you showing up in online retail versus your competition? Fourth, Marketplace Ghost raised money to match brands that have excess inventory with opportunity buyers that are likely to send this inventory to other marketplaces. While I'm sure some brands that don't care about their channel might love this idea, most brands don't want their product to be shown up in off-price marketplaces without any quality control. And finally, software provider Carbon6 acquired Amazon inventory management system SoStocked. The SoStock tool is designed to improve in-stock rates for Amazon sellers, which is about one of the most important factors for succeeding on Amazon. That's all for this week. Till next time, Watsonians. Hi, I'm Rick Watson, CEO and founder of RMW Commerce Consulting and host of the Watson Weekly Podcast, your essential e-commerce digest. Our production partner for this series is Citizen Racecar. The show is produced by Alex Brower, production manager, Gabriella Montekin. To hear new episodes of the show every Monday morning, subscribe now at rmwcommerce.com slash Watson Weekly and wherever you get your podcasts.